Hi, this is Colin Shaw. Before the show gets going, we're trying to add some value to our listeners. So after the show today, I'm going to give you a URL where you're going to be able to download one of my free books on customer experience. The book is called Unlocking the Hidden Customer Experience. So stay tuned to after the show. Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. You can't prepare if you don't know what's coming, right? So there's this fundamental desire to know where things are at and, and what's going to happen. For me, this is about understanding all the areas of potential uncertainty and thinking about what you can do to alleviate that uncertainty for customers. Sometimes we fall into this trap of thinking customers are stupid. People are just wrong to be focusing on this so much. It's not that big a deal. Or if they would look at it by the numbers, they would realize, and that's the wrong approach. So Ryan, a few weeks ago, with all the uncertainty in the world, with Brexit and everything else, we did a podcast that uh, was well-received, which is unusual in itself. <laughs> I'm still not certain that happened. <laughs> which was all about uncertainty. So today, we had a few requests to go into uncertainty in a bit more depth. As I was thinking about it, I was thinking that, you know, one of the things that happens is that we buy products because of uncertainty to try to quell or reduce the uncertainty. So think of you know insurance effectively yep. is you know you're buying peace of mind. If something happens, then you know what's going to happen. So we were going to talk, I believe, a bit more about some of the theories behind uncertainty. So yeah, I mean, like like a lot of things in psychology and human behavior. There are actually a, a number of different approaches to thinking about this, a number of different ways yep. to think about uncertainty. I thought it would be worthwhile for us to talk about prospect theory a little bit more and then some of the implications of prospect theory. Absolutely. Yeah, sounds good. Prospect theory, our loyal listeners will remember, was part of a Nobel Prize winning idea that was published by Kahneman and Tversky back in the 1970s. And it's made up of a couple of key parts, mostly when I talk about prospect theory to students and to managers, I focus on the part that uh, is called the value curve. It's how people subjectively evaluate things. And so things like loss aversion and diminishing marginal returns and reference point effects, all those are, are this value curve part of prospect theory. There's another part that to my mind, is a little bit more technical. I don't tend to talk about it as much with MBA students, but it deals with probability estimations. So how likely do you think something is to happen? And that's where uncertainty is addressed a little bit more directly. So they find some consistent biases in the way that people estimate certainty. And, and without getting into kind of the, the complex math behind it, the upshot is that people tend to overestimate the likelihood of very unlikely events and underestimate the likelihood of very likely events. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So 
you see examples of this all the time. People kind of worried about very, very unlikely events and kind of dramatically overemphasizing that in their own heads. So the phrase I love when it comes to this, because this happens all the time, the phrase I love with this is, I've had many crises in my life, but few have actually happened. Exactly. Yeah, you'll um, you'll hear some kind of professional prognosticators dinged as having predicted seven out of the last two crises, stuff like that. Yeah. We, for a variety of reasons, we tend to overemphasize the extremes in both directions. So we, we think that very likely events are going to be less likely to happen. There's, do you remember the movie Dumb and Dumber? Yep. Okay. So very funny movie, uh, Jim Carrey, Jeff Daniels. And there's this great line in there where he's trying to pick up on a woman who's not interested in him. And so he's saying, you, you know, I don't, I don't have much of a chance. And uh, she says, yeah, I, I don't like your chances. Like one in a thousand. She's like, yeah, maybe like more like one in a million that it would work out between us. And he starts to smile and he says, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> and that's the approach that we often take to things at the very ends of the probability spectrum, right? So if we're worried about the risk of some medicine that we're taking or the likelihood of you know, some catastrophic event, we'll tend to dramatically overestimate the likelihood of that, right? So you're saying there's a chance. So going back to loss aversion, yeah, yeah. which for those of you that uh, don't remember, loss aversion basically says that we try to hold things more than we do to gain things. I probably haven't said that very... Right. Losses loom larger than gains. I knew you would put it much more eloquently than I would. Losses lose lar larger than gains. I can't even say that. <laughs> <laughs> so when we're looking at this, do we tend to look at it from a more negative perspective rather than a positive perspective? So losses for me is about well, losing something. So I'm, I'm wondering whether with uncertainty that, you know, that we are more concerned about the negative things that are going to happen rather than the positive things that are going to happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, on average, yes. Right. So loss aversion is still at play. You know, people tend to focus on negatives more than gains, but we still, again, we, on the edges, we can see both effects, right? So we'll be more afraid of unlikely events than we should be. At the same time, people will very optimistically buy those Powerball tickets because they overemphasize, right. dramatically overestimate how likely they are to win, which is essentially zero. They are not going to win, but buy the ticket anyway. Right. And so what are the implications of that then? What does that actually mean from building a customer experience perspective? So one of the things that can affect this, and this is, you can derive some of these predictions from this prospect theory account, is that people will use then shortcuts for determining the likelihood of these. And, and one of them is the availability heuristic. We, I think we had a whole podcast episode of this uh, a while ago. Yep. It's one of my favorite kind of findings in behavioral science, and I think it's just terribly useful for understanding how people understand risk. Essentially, part of what drives some of these behaviors is we 
estimate the likelihood of something based on how easy it is to remember examples of it right. or based on how easy it is to imagine it happening. Right. And again, this happens on, on both ends. So I, I can remember being afraid of sharks when I was a child. Yeah, yeah. Way more than I should be. Like the amount of opportunity that sharks had to interfere with my life in any way. <laughs> Especially living in Atlanta. It, living in Ohio, <laughs> which is where I, I grew up, right? Landlocked. Well, there, there's a lake, I guess, but most of Ohio landlocked. All you had to do was not go to the aquarium. I mean, that's all you had to do. <laughs> That was it. I, I heard a comedian recently, say, or somebody on Twitter, I can't remember where I read this, said that, you know, quicksand has not played nearly the, <laughs> has not had nearly the large effect as an adult that I had assumed it would when I was a child. Like, it seemed like it was going to be a big problem. Yeah. And sharks yeah. are the same way. Like, I just, I assumed, I can remember being in a public pool when I was a child and, you know, being afraid to close my eyes and swim out too deep because, you know, what about sharks? Sharks could somehow get in there. It's so easy to imagine. I, I can imagine. It's been a nightmare for you recently when they, that record Baby Shark has just sort of got into everybody's brain. It was for more than one reason. <laughs> but yes. Yes. Well, we have a two-year-old granddaughter, so I've probably played it more times than anything <laughs> at the moment. And in fact, Spotify are coming back with recommendations on my playlist now because of the amount of time I've played it. Are the recommendations that you, you know, not be allowed to vote or invest? Is that what Spotify is recommending? Basically? Most of the recommendations seem to be uh, around other sea mammals that I should, or sea animals that I should be looking at and worried about. <laughs> You must like songs about otters, too. Yeah. yeah, and octopuses and stuff like that, and giant squids. But anyway, we digress from uncertainty. Do we, though? I mean, I think we're covering important things here. <laughs> I'm not alone is the point I'm making. There's this, this guy who keeps this great blog that's full of pictures of things that are statistically more likely to kill you than sharks. Yeah. And it's stuff like playing high school football is way more dangerous than sharks are. Falling vending machines kill more people every year yeah. than sharks do. You know, falling out of bed kills more people. And yet we're not afraid of these things. We estimate the risk of sharks as being far likelihood because it's more available, because it's so easy to imagine sure. being attacked by a shark and so hard to imagine being killed by a vending machine. Sure. And so it's about it being in the news. So, I mean, it, yes. it goes back to, I can't remember the stats. I think you told me this a little while ago. You know, are you more concerned about, so one of the tests was, are you more concerned about dying from cancer or dying from a terrorist attack? Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but more people are worried about dying from a, a terrorist attack and that where clearly more people die from cancer, basically. Yeah. People are way more afraid of terrorism than they statistically should be, which sounds like a terrible thing for me to say. Yeah. To be clear, the Intuitive Customer Podcast is not pro-terrorism. I just want to <laughs> make sure that we get that out in the open. But, you know, economists have raised this as an issue, which is that we're spending way more on some of these low probability events than maybe we should. And the reason we do is because they just, they occupy so much space in our heads. We just, we overestimate the likelihood of these events. Why not let Colin and Ryan speak at your next conference? As you can hear, they're great communicators and can get over a message in a simple, inspiring, and humorous way. Contact Beyond Philosophy by going to beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. That's beyondphilosophy.com 
slash contact. When you then start talking about people spending money, now we get back to customer experience and now we get back to things like insurance, et cetera, et cetera. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the driver, you know, we know that loss aversion prospect theory has been one of them, is one of them, or is a large driver of human behavior. So that covering of uncertainty is a big area. And as I'm talking now, I'm thinking of instances where actually, you know, I'm thinking of checking into a hotel where mm-hmm. there's some uncertainty, although it may be that dumb and dumb a bit, you know, where you turn up to the hotel and you, you haven't got a room, even though despite the fact that they've bought the room from you. So yep. lots of situations where you're trying to communicate with your customer or should be trying to communicate with your customer to put certainty into that experience. It could be even catching the flight, which says on time. You know, that's trying to take some of the uncertainty out of that experience. To be clear, people hate uncertainty, and it's something that they value if you can remove the uncertainty from something. So I presume that uncertainty ties back to safety in some way or just knowledge of what's happening. Yeah, of course. So, you know, we want to know what's happening because we want to be able to predict it. We want to be able to therefore be safe in some way. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's you can't prepare if you don't know what's coming, right? So there's this fundamental desire to know where things are at and, and what's going to happen. And I mean, I think that this is one of the primary benefits of brands to customers is yeah. that people feel like they know what they're getting. You know, you you'll you always hear examples of Americans who will go overseas and will, you know, experience another culture and love it and just find things, you know, so mind opening. And and then after, you know, four or five days, they'll like, well, why don't we stop in a McDonald's? And uh, you know, sure. just because there's something about that predictability, the fact that they know what they're going to get and that can be comforting and kind of just make them feel more stable i was just trying to also think of the opposite i often find it's interesting trying to think of it the opposite perspective you can imagine if we weren't worried about uncertainty it would certainly change life incredibly wouldn't it if everybody was really comfortable with uncertainty and we didn't want certainty it would actually change everything and in fact it would be bloody difficult to run a business wouldn't it well the from an evolutionary psychology perspective it could be that some of our hypothetical progenitors weren't as concerned with uncertainty and and didn't that didn't bother them and it's possible that they died out and didn't pass those worrisome yeah. genes on because it didn't help them survive i mean there's like i said we have to remember that this cuts both ways so that there's this kind of pessimism bias that happens around unlikely events yeah there's also an optimism bias though that happens around unlikely positive events where we might overestimate our likelihood of something good happening. Right. And you can tell a story about how both of those things can work to our good. If we were just pessimistic all the time, then we might not have enough motivation to get up out of bed and do anything. If we're not worried about 
uncertainty and wanting to lock down as many things as we can, then we maybe wouldn't be prepared for everything that we need to confront in our lives. If we were asking the question, you know, so what does this mean that people should do? And then, you know, for me, this is something that people should absolutely 100% embrace. So think about all of the areas where your customer is likely to feel uncertain. What time are people turning up? What are they going to do when they yep. turn up? You know, how do I know this is going to be the right person? I've noticed I'm using Uber recently that the whole sort of safety issue is now becoming more, much more prominent. You know, what's going to happen? And, you know, even that uncertainty of you suddenly get a bill in that you weren't expecting and that suddenly throws throw things up of, well, you know, why have I got this bill? And so, you know, the whole area for me, this is about understanding all the areas of potential uncertainty and thinking about what you can do to alleviate that uncertainty for customers. I, I think that's great. I would say that, you know, sometimes we fall into this trap of, thinking customers are stupid, particularly you get frustrated marketers, frustrated customer experience managers who will take that approach. Like people are just wrong to be focusing on this so much. It's not, you know, it's not that big a deal. They would look at it by the numbers, they would realize. And that's the wrong approach, right? It doesn't matter if customers shouldn't be as worried about some particular bit of uncertainty. The fact is that if you understand them, you'll understand that they are and you will work to meet those needs, right? So, you know, this is one of the ways that people can be irrational. Don't try to fight it. (laughs) Recognize that that's the case. And recognize that people will pay a premium for certainty, that they value it. They value being able to feel like the world is less chaotic and they have more control over things. Absolutely. Good. Okay. Well, thanks very much for everybody listening uh, this week. If you, you have any comments, if you have any suggestions of what we would like to cover or you'd like us to cover, then please just drop us a line at contact at beyondphilosophy.com. That's contact at beyondphilosophy.com. We always like hearing from our listeners. So any suggestions, good, bad, ugly, please keep them coming in. Thanks very much and talk to you next week. This is Colin Shaw. I said I'll be back with you after the show with the URL to download the free book, Unlocking the Hidden Customer Experience. All you need to do is to go to beyondphilosophy.com backslash cxbook. That's beyondphilosophy.com backslash cxbook. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.